0: Hello and welcome to The Literacy Teacher's Life, a podcast for teachers and parents that gives ideas about how to help our children learn to love reading, writing, and all things literacy. I'm your host, Elizabeth Morfus, a literacy professor and a mom to two elementary aged girls. Here we'll talk about thoughtful, creative, and realistic ways to navigate literacy learning so that your children will feel supported and seen in their reading and writing. Now, Let's get this conversation started. Welcome to the Literacy Teacher's Life podcast. Today, I have another special guest with me. I'm going to be speaking with Lessa Pua Pilayo Lozada, and she is the president of the American Library Association. So libraries are such amazing resources. And wait until you hear this interview with Lessa. She shares so many amazing resources that the library provides to kids that it will be amazing. They have so many things for teachers and for parents. And she talks a little bit about how the library can support kids and families over the summer months. So When my kids were young, we would go to the library for their weekly storytime classes. And Lessa talks about her own experiencing hosting these classes. And after these stories were over, I would let my kids spend some time and look through the books and we'd check out a couple books that they wanted to read more. Now it's interesting how we're using the library as a family. My second grader has been doing more research projects in school and earlier this year, she had to write a presentation about communities. So she asked us to take her to the library to look for books that would help her with her presentation. Well, then, a few months later, her class was studying penguins, so she asked the same thing that she wanted to go to the library to find new information so that she could add those facts into her presentation about penguins so it's just so clear that the library plays such an important role in family life and helping with community literacy. So I'm so excited for you to hear from Lessa and to learn about what the library can do for teachers and for families. So enjoy the interview. Welcome, Lessa. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, Elizabeth. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. I thought we'd get started with a few questions about yourself and the ALA. So, can you start by introducing yourself? Sure. So, I am the president of
1: the American Library mm-hmm. Association, and I am also the adult services assistant manager of the Palos Verdes Library District in Southern California. So within libraries, I have held many positions, (laughs) including page and clerk and children's librarian, teen librarian, and now adult librarian. And within the American Library Association, I've also held a number of positions, including counselor, chair of the Office for Diversity, Literacy, and Outreach Services Advisory Committee. I am a member of many divisions and roundtables, such as the Association for Library Services to Children. And just for those of you out there who may not know what the American Library Association is, we are an association of about 50,000 members of library workers and library lovers and advocates. It's not just for those who work in libraries. It's for everyone who loves libraries. And our mission is to promote libraries and the profession of librarianship to enhance learning and ensure access to information for all.
0: Wow, that's great. And I am really looking forward to hearing more about your experiences as a children's librarian and at the teen center as well. So you spoke a little bit about the American Library Association. Can you talk about its mission?
1: Yeah, so our mission is to um, promote libraries and the profession of librarianship. We also, our mission is to enhance learning and ensure access to information for Mm -hmm. all. And we do this through providing professional development for library workers. We do this through providing advocacy for libraries on the federal Mm -hmm. level to get federal dollars and to advocate for grants and services to libraries. And we do this also through networking Mm -hmm. and through training our library boards, our library trustees, and our friends of the libraries who are our biggest advocates and supporters within the community. We have our annual conference Mm -hmm. coming up, which is one of our big events that also helps us to promote our mission, um, but especially to bring library lovers and also literary lovers uh, across the nation together. That's
0: great. So library professionals, just like teachers, are experiencing some challenges at this time. What would you say are some of the biggest challenges that library professionals are experiencing right now? I think they
1: are very similar to the challenges that teachers are facing. We are facing an unprecedented number of book challenges Mm -hmm. in libraries, especially school libraries and public libraries. ALA's Office for Intellectual Freedom has seen literally the highest number ever in the 20 year history that we've been tracking book challenges. And connected to that, but also connected to three years of living in a pandemic, Mm -hmm. we're seeing uh, retention issues and difficulty staying in the profession, feeling safe in the profession, as well as funding issues. And I think that they are all so closely related. So
0: with the retention, is it it's hard to retain and, and have librarians stay on in their roles? Is that has that been an issue?
1: It has been, you know, especially as library workers are facing book challenges. And sometimes when they fight those book challenges and don't remove materials, they can face harassment, they can face doxing, they can even face job loss. And that's on top Mm -hmm. of the harassment that especially public librarians often face on a daily basis due to our public facing nature and our service area.
0: That's too bad. Such a shame. And we'll get back to some of these issues in a little bit, but let's talk a little bit about the libraries, the ALA, and particularly that you mentioned there's a conference coming up. You have an annual conference and exhibition in Chicago this year. Can you talk a little bit about that? What can people expect? What is this and what can people expect?
1: Yeah, so our conference is June 22nd to the 27th of June uh, in Chicago. Just like you mm-hmm. said, it is the world's largest and most comprehensive library event, bringing together thousands of librarians, library staff, educators, authors, publishers, friends of libraries, trustees, special guests, and exhibitors. We have more than 200 educational programs mm-hmm. that are going to cover areas like book challenges, areas like health and wellness also. We have News You Can Use uh, sessions that provide updates on new research, innovations, and advances in libraries. But what I especially Mm -hmm. love is the face-to-face time and interaction with authors. You know, libraries are not just about books anymore, but they are still our bread Mm -hmm. and butter, and they are still what gets so many of us excited to share that gift of literacy with children and adults alike. And so getting to meet authors, like my president's program is going to feature Hinole Moana Kong Wangkalu. Oh and she is the author of the Stonewall honor book, Kapai Mahu, which is about four healers who sail from Tahiti to Hawaii and bring their powers of healing as Mahu, who are not male, not female, but they are yeah. dual spirits, so to speak. Oh and what? That's yeah, amazing. so we're gonna ha- be in conversation. We're also gonna have Adina Menzel oh and her sister Cara Menzel. They're gonna wow. share their new yeah. book, Proud Mouse, which is gonna be so cool. Oh um, Rick Riordan and Marco Shiro are gonna be there talking about their new book, The Sun and the Star. Uh, Nikki Grimes and Brian Keith oh are gonna be there. This amazing. Is amazing, especially <laughs> for children's yeah. book lovers. Like this is just off the hook for us. So, they're going to be there, and there's still more names right. to be announced and a long list of other speakers and events and hot items that folks can engage with. It's going to be so fun. Oh, my fun. gosh, that's amazing. And Chicago is our hometown, right.
0: also. So, we're happy to be home. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Wow, you have a lot lined up. It is a I packed can't. five days, let me tell you. Sleep is what you do when you get
1: home.
0: <laughs> Don't plan on sleeping at the conference. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. So, what are some of the big themes that you that are going to be discussed at the conference?
1: Yeah. So some of the big themes are, of course, going to include book mm-hmm. challenges and intellectual mm-hmm. freedom. We're going to kick off the conference on Thursday night with a rally to read. Yeah. We're going to celebrate those who have done wonderful work on behalf of the freedom to read over the last year and look at what our path forward is and, and just celebrate the successes that we've had so that we can be proactive and see the joy and all of the support that we have. We're also going to talk a lot about, of course, literacy Mm -hmm. and what that looks like. You know, I think the statistic is one in five adults don't have a fourth grade literacy level. And so what does that look like in our world and how can we support those individuals to develop a love of literacy and literacy at a later age? We're also going to talk about digital equity, which of course was amplified during the pandemic with understanding that just because you have a cell phone doesn't mean you have access to all the technology that you need, or that you also know how to use that technology once you get your hands on it. So digital equity is going to be huge. We're going to talk about health and wellness, of course trauma Mm -hmm. and trauma-informed librarianship and what that looks like as our communities are coming to us broken and hurt and having gone through the last three years, just like we have. So how can we get ourselves ready so that we can help our communities? Another large focus is going to be prison libraries. We're going to be hopefully approving an update to the standards for prison libraries to help those who are incarcerated have access (laughs) to literacy and information. And we're going to have a strong focus also on small and rural libraries and all of yeah. the opportunities that they have available to them in their smaller communities. And we're often there's only one librarian in their libraries and also the challenges that they face. So we've got oh a my packed gosh. agenda. There are so <laughs> many
0: topics. It's amazing. You really have it all covered. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which one are you going to pick to attend? That's amazing. There's always
1: five things at one time that I want to go right. to. It's really, really right. tough. So sometimes I'll even split my time. I'll spend like the first 30 minutes in this one, the second 30 minutes in this one. I'll coordinate with my friends so we exactly. can get notes. <laughs> All that
0: stuff. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And it's fascinating because as you're mentioning the topics at w- what's covered, it's so similar to topics that teachers. Would be interested in that they're experiencing in the classrooms as well, particularly after the pandemic. So it's just fascinating the overlaps. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think we are much more connected than we often realize. Absolutely. After through this conversation, I absolutely agree with you. So you mentioned some of the guests and speakers, some of the authors that will be there, but is there anybody else that you'd like the audience to know about?
1: Oh, Our closing session is going to be Amanda Gorman and Christian Robinson in conversation, talking about their new children's book. Oh
0: my gosh, that is going to be amazing. What a duo to have closing.
1: Right? And we haven't announced the opening speaker yet, but I have it on good authority (laughs) that teachers and librarians alike are going to lose their minds. Oh my gosh. And do you
0: know when that will be announced? No. I hope any any day. day. Okay. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's awesome. So why should someone attend this conference? I mean, you have so many amazing things lined up. So there are so many, but what do you think? What are the big reasons to attend? I think some of
1: the big reasons, so if you're a library Mm -hmm. professional out there, you have unprecedented access to the people and learning opportunities within libraries, Mm -hmm. libraries uh, that are academic, public libraries, school libraries, special libraries. This is really... The one time where we all come together, regardless of library type, to share experiences. Because just like across professions between librarians and teachers, also across library type, we have so many of the similar issues that are happening. And to think about different Mm -hmm. approaches that we can take, I think is really important. I think also for a lot of teachers out there, I've seen a lot of teachers go from teacher to the school librarian role and back and forth. I think that if folks are possibly interested in exploring that or seeing how to incorporate maybe some more school library Mm -hmm. aspects into your teaching curriculum, I think that that's a really excellent reason to attend our conference as well. The children's and teen librarians and school librarians, our association of school librarians also have such wonderful programming that I think is absolutely applicable to the classroom especially when we're talking about literacy and how to just get folks and kids excited in reading. Right. And I think also one of the great things about our annual conference is that it brings together an international crowd oh, that's as well. Yeah. Yeah, so we get to hear about all of the wonderful things that are happening in other mm-hmm. countries and also some of the, the things that we share internationally as mm-hmm. well. You know, when I went to the, International Federation of Library Association Conference in Dublin, Ireland last summer. I was surprised at just how much misinformation, how much the importance of critical thinking, all of the skills that we are trying to instill in our mm-hmm. students and our communities here in the US are is happening the same worldwide. Wow. So I think that we have a lot to learn from each other, cross-discipline, right. cross-country, cross-library, <laughs> and everything. Wow, that's amazing.
0: That's interesting that they're experiencing similar, similar challenges that we are.
1: Yes, especially around like COVID yeah. and, you know, especially with different countries and how they handled it. Seeing that along with misinformation and how we provide facts right. to our communities has been a really interesting thing to experience, as well as seeing how school librarians have done a hybrid experience for their students, right? right? And how they were engaging. Um and bringing them back into the classroom, bringing them back into their libraries, and all of the just really creative things that they did yeah. to create a community, even when they couldn't be together, it's,
0: was really exactly. awesome. Exactly. Oh, that's amazing. And I think you're you're absolutely what you said is so accurate about how so many teachers do go into the library. You know, I I've, I run a literacy program at SUNY Old Westbury for graduate students, and I can't tell you how many of my students. Either are going for their library science certification, or they're considering it. And I just actually wrote a recommendation for a student who completed her initial certification in childhood education and is now going on for library science. So I think there, you know, there are so many you know they, they can go back and forth, which is great
1: absolutely. And I also say that as somebody who wanted to be an elementary so school funny. teacher, And so I started my credential program and I decided it wasn't actually quite the right fit for me. And so that's when I decided to become a children's librarian because the Mm -hmm. connections are so So close close. and I could get a lot of the same value, but the (laughs) teaching just wasn't the right fit. (laughs) So I always admire
0: folks who went through the whole program and are teaching. So funny. So funny. (laughs) So I'm curious if somebody is interested in attending the conference, where should they go to register?
1: Absolutely. So you can register with us online at 2023.alaannual.org. Registration is open. The program is also available there, and it's being continuously updated. Great,
0: and I will definitely link to that in the show notes, so it's there. Yeah. Thank you. You talked a little bit about the digital platform and how that is a a topic that you'll address at the conference. So, um, for those who may not be able to attend in person. Is there a digital experience for the conference instead? Yes, there absolutely is. So our digital experience
1: will run simultaneously with the conference, as well as have on-session demands through August 31st. So you can have a little bit of both, because we know how hard it can be sometimes to attend things right there in front of you in your computer. But also, it's nice if you can in your jammies with a nice cup of coffee or maybe a glass of wine depending on your time (laughs) (laughs) zone. But our digital experience is a virtual option Mm -hmm. that gives participants access to more than 60 presentations from the conference, including ones that are going to be live streamed and on demand, like my president's program, for instance, participants will be able to build their personal schedule by selecting their favorite sessions for easy access all throughout the week. You can build that schedule ahead of time so that reminders will come up for you when it's time for your session to be going. Um, but it'll also include access to all of our main stage sessions. So a lot mm-hmm. of the speakers that we mentioned here, Amanda Gorman, will definitely be on there. Other virtual speakers, education sessions, our news you can use. And if you're super interested, like oh. I am in ALA government, <laughs> all
0: of our oh ALA government
1: sessions will
0: also be on there if you want to listen to our council Oh my sessions. gosh, that's amazing. So wait, did I get this right? So those will be available for the whole summer through the end of August. Yes. So for teachers who are planning their, their instruction for the fall, if you are interested in some of the authors or some of the topics, you can refer to these all summer long as you're planning for the upcoming school year. Yeah. Oh, excellent idea. Yeah. I
1: love that. Yes. That's
0: amazing. Oh, my gosh. Wow. You really created the whole experience for people, both in person and people who are not able to attend in person. That's amazing.
1: We try and I will say in those live sessions, also the side chats yeah. are often off the hook. Everyone is so excited yeah. and showing their enthusiasm. So you still get some connection with individuals also, which is oh, really that's cool. That's
0: amazing. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for all that information about the conference. You have such amazing experiences. I have a couple of questions for you about your own experience as a librarian. And the first one I have is, about your experience as a children's librarian. What was it like working in the children's section of the library?
1: It was one of the greatest experiences of my life. And (laughs) I will say I still hang out in the children's (laughs) section a lot. And I'm like, don't you need me to do story time for just like one quick moment. But it was so one of my favorite stories from being a children's librarian is I would, of course, do story time and I would do a toddler story time. It was my first full-time librarian job at the Glendale Public Library. And I had a grandmother who would bring in her, Scarlett was probably two and a half or three at that time. She wasn't really talking. Mm. She was super, super shy. She would talk to her grandma, but she wouldn't talk to anybody else. And so during story time every week, she would just kind of hide her face in her grandma's, you know, in her her bosom. And she would just hold her. But the grandma brought her every week because we were both like, the exposure, right. you know, to other folks, she's going to open up eventually. And so, of course, I did, you know, kind of the same opening and closing songs every week. Raffi, Shake Your Sillies Out was oh my, my favorite gosh. tune <laughs> with my, my turtle puppet buddy, uh, <laughs> whose name was Jer- Jimmy, who was also very, very shy until he sang, and then he would come out of his shell. And so one day during story time, they've been coming for maybe a couple of months Scarlett just turned her head during shake your sillies out and just started singing along oh with my us. Gosh. And both I'm getting a little yeah. like reclaimed thinking about it, but both her and her, me and her grandma looked at each other. And we were just like, Oh, my this God. is it." her grant. We were just trying not to right. cry. it was such a beautiful Aww. moment. And that I feel is like the encapsulation of a children's right. room, you know, watching the kids grow and mm-hmm. learn and just having such fun with them every time they come right. in. Oh, my gosh, what an
0: amazing story. Wow. So, how for parents, you know, we're headed into the summer months now, and hopefully, you know, kids will be reading at home and using the library system this summer. How can the library support children with reading? And let's say children, particularly in the elementary years? Yeah, I think
1: one of the greatest things about the library, especially during elementary years, is the discovery mm-hmm. period. Right. I think that elementary readers often bridge so many different reading levels. You know, some of them are still really into those beginner chapter Mm -hmm. books like a Junie B. Jones kind of a level, but also need to maybe be be encouraged a little bit to move into, you know, the the more the a little bit more middle grade readers. And so I think that when we allow children the ability to just explore the shelves Mm -hmm. and see what speaks to them and get excited with them, I think that's one really great way that libraries can support reading. But also for those kids who don't like to read. That's sometimes it's one of the most difficult things for us as librarians and library workers, but also the most exciting to find that Mm -hmm. book, to find that topic that is going to make them become a reader. And I think that we don't come with a lot of sometimes the pressures that the classroom environment does, right? right? Like having them hit those AR levels or those lexile levels. We're like, what do you like to read? What subject do you like? You don't like to read? What do you like to watch on TV? Yeah. What do you like to do with your friends? What are those topics and we're gonna find you a couple of things that'll pique your interest whether it's a really cool nonfiction right. book about basketball and stats like we're able to make those connections mm-hmm. with folks without that extra pressure I think of is it hitting all the right targets right.
0: that that is such an amazing you know way to explain it is that to remove the pressure from the classroom. I think that's great. And the fact that it's not in the classroom might help as well.
1: Absolutely. Like any anxieties that kids have also, you know, and one thing that we see a lot also is like reading aloud issues, you know, like kids get really nervous and we're like, you don't have to read anything (laughs) to us. You don't even have to read it. So you could just look at the pictures. If you want, you can just enjoy it in whatever way you want, and we're not going to make you do a book report about <laughs> it. We're just going to ask you if you like it
0: or not. You know. Oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> That's great, and it's great because you're really able to tap into their interests and their background and find something that suits the child at an in- individually.
1: Yeah, and also since we're talking about mm-hmm. summer, you know, most libraries have some kind of summer reading right. program for their students. And so my library, we call it Summer Reading Palooza now. Oh, I like that. (laughs) Because also there's so many reading programs out there that folks were getting confused as to what we were actually offering. Oh, that's interesting. And so our reading program asks kids to read either, they could read a certain number of minutes Mm -hmm. and get credit. They could do an activity, like go outside You know, all the different kinds of literacy we try Mm -hmm. to incorporate into it, but also share a book with your brother or sister, share a book with your mom or dad. So we just try to cultivate a lot of different fun. And if you are into incentives, (laughs) most summer reading programs also have incentives. My library used to do Girl Scout style patches and Boy Scout style patches that kids could iron onto their bags. But we're trying something new this year and we're doing literary. But your favorite character trading Oh my cards. gosh.
0: That's really cool. Yeah, like a Katie yeah. Wynn trading card an elephant oh and
1: elephants and Oh my gosh. Card. That yeah. is
0: really clever. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm going to transition into this topic of the banned books again. So I find that it's really important for teachers to be able to find and access books that feature diverse authors and characters. And there are issues with banned books now. So are there resources that you recommend for teachers so that they can locate books and make decisions about what to use in the classroom?
1: Absolutely. So I think that some of the resources that I would recommend are at bannedbooksweek.org slash resources. And so there are resources for librarians, for educators, for teens, for advocates. And some of the, the main two that mm-hmm. I would recommend for teachers in particular from that list is the book, Teaching Banned Books, 32 Guides for Children and Teens by Pat Scales. Okay. That one is kind of like a Bible to teaching
0: yeah.
1: banned books. And the other one is a censorship guide for teachers, 12 Ways to Use Project Censored in Your Classroom.
0: Wow. Oh, those are amazing. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Well, those will be so yeah, of helpful. Course.
1: Pat Scales.
0: <laughs> Helps all
1: librarians really? also. So she's <laughs> teachers, librarians, school library journal. We, she is our intellectual freedom Oh guru. my gosh.
0: What in a, I did not know about those. So thank you so much. Those are great resources to check out. Awesome. So you've done so much work with and in libraries. What are your suggestions for teachers and parents about getting kids reading and then keeping them reading?
1: I think that For teachers, especially, you know, it's having that fun reading Mm -hmm. time, having that unstructured reading time, just like we have in the library. And I think making those connections also and encouraging kids to come to the library. One of our favorite things to do is to have class visits, of course, where kids can come in, see what we've got for them, or to invite us also into the classroom so that they can see our friendly faces. So when they do come to visit us, they're like, wait. Didn't you come to my classroom? Mm-hmm. Like they don't remember my name, or but they're like, you told <laughs> that weird joke like, <laughs> about the interrupting cow. So I think that you know, just modeling this community-wide mm-hmm. literacy and that we're all here to support them is really important. Yeah. And for parents, I think modeling the behavior. So yeah. often we ask kids to read, but are we reading too? Are we reading with yeah.
0: them? That is so fascinating that you say this. I just was telling somebody that when I am reading a book, I make sure to position myself in the house so that my kids can see me, that they actually see me reading, and I'm reading Gretchen Rubin's new book right now, Life in Five Senses, and my second grader was fascinated by the cover, and she asked like what what are we reading about the five senses so it start and in the book, Gretchen has pictures, the different chapters for the senses, and the sense of sight. She's talking about like the what is sometimes hidden in logos, like in the Tostitos bag, the people eating chips, the f- part of the logo. And my kids were so into this, and they're like, "This wasn't a book." And I said, "See, it just come, you know, having them. It does so much to have them see us read as well as adults, and I think that." Such a great tip that you just offered.
1: Absolutely, and I think also with modeling, it's a conversation right. starter, right? Like just like yeah. you just said, you and your your kids had the ability to talk about what you were right. reading. You can talk about what they're reading, or like I ended up, my mom was super into mysteries when I was yeah. a kid, and I can't the Rita Mae Brown ones yes. that featured a cat, and so. I was a middle schooler reading these murder mysteries about cats because my mom and dad were reading them and we would have like our own little oh book gosh. clubs. And so like that cultivating that family love of reading, I think is also mm-hmm. really important And talking about the right. books and being excited about them, just like you would a movie or TV show or exactly. any other thing you're doing. Oh, such good advice. Yeah. I love that yeah. example <laughs> that you shared.
0: Are there more pictures? What else is there? You know, the, so it just bring it, the interest grows and she wants to know what I'm reading. So it's nice. And then it gets my younger daughter even, you know, well, if you're, she's asking questions. So I'm going to ask some questions. So it's, it's nice as, as you said, building that family literacy. So I love it. Mm-hmm. So is there anything else that you would like to share about your own experiences or the ALA that you'd like listeners to know about? Yeah,
1: I think, the main thing that I would like to share is ALA has so many great recommended sources yes. of book reads, right? Whether you are a teacher, whether you are a parent, we have some of my favorites are the American, uh, the, <laughs> the Association of Library Services to Children book lists. They have like a tough topics reading list. They yeah. have a comics reading list. They have a uh, celebrate Dia de los Libros, wow. um, reading list. So if you're looking for some multicultural ones, I also am a board member for the center of the study of multicultural children's literature. So I have to give a yeah. plug for them because we put out a best book oh every year. So that's at CSNCL.org. And for ALA, I would also just add that if folks are interested in fighting back against book mm-hmm. bans or against book challenges to help us and visit unite okay. There are tools for talking to your administrators, talking to your legislators, what to say at board meetings and school meetings, and how to talk to your friends about banned right. books and book challenges to get the word out. Because Library workers can't do it alone. Yeah. We have our wonderful partners and teachers who are also experiencing so many of the same yeah. issues. So, anyone out there who is experiencing those, know that we are here for you in partnership yeah. and you have us as allies. So, and thank you so much. Oh my much. gosh, that's amazing.
0: And I will definitely link to those as well. Those resources are great, it's, it gives a starting place for book titles and authors. That's amazing. Thank you for all the resources on the band books. It's helpful to have, to know where to go and to have some language. Yeah. I don't know what I would be without all those tools to help. (laughs) me. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much. So before we end, I like to end on a positive note. So is there anything in your reading life or your work in the library that's going really well that you want to share? And I, I can go first to give you a minute. So I'm going to take the parenting perspective here. So as I said, I have a second grader who is really into the graphic novels lately. And she was at at the library at school and found the Raina Telgemeier series, Sisters, Smile, and Guts, and just cruised right through those. She loved them. And then she started, the librarian told her at school about the Babysitter's Club, her series on the Babysitter's Club. And she is just loving these. And she likes them so much that she had an after-school activity on Tuesday. And I did not know she had a bag in the car with the library book she took out from the school library ready to show a friend. And her friend immediately saw it and said to her mom, oh my gosh, I have to get this book too. So it was so nice to see how much... I knew she liked the series, but I did not know to the extent. So when she shared it with her friend, like sneaking it, I Thought it was great. So that was something I thought, yay, going really well. And all came from the school library and the school librarian.
1: I know. Oh, I love to hear that, especially as a babysitter's right. club fan yeah. myself. I love seeing this next generation of oh kids just gobbling yes. them up, just like I'm sure as yeah. I see your face, yes, I'm gonna say exactly. just like you did. <laughs> That's so awesome. Oh, wait. <laughs> What's going well for me is so my year as presidency mm-hmm. has been so challenging yeah. and so busy. You know, I travel a couple of wow. weeks every month. I'm in different time zones. I live on the west coast, yeah. so nobody comes to my time zone. I always have to go to someone else's. <laughs> and so it's actually been really hard for me to read. I'm sure. Because I haven't been able to focus. Yeah. And my just my mind is in a million different ways. How can we support folks doing we- Experiencing book challenges, how can we get resources to libraries? But I've been starting to be able to read oh, again. yeah! It started with the book, the graphic novel, the adult graphic novel, *Washington okay. Diaries* by Jamila um, Ralph. Just getting into yeah. that, and then there's another graphic novel that came after that, *Parachutes*. It's brand new. It's just coming out this spring. The author's name <laughs> escapes me right now. But those got me back into literature, which is great because I am getting ready to start reading back (laughs) right into children's books and children's literature as soon as this presidency is over to get ready for that CSNCL Best Books List. So I'm so excited to be back in this world and enjoying all the books that I've missed over this last year.
0: (laughs) And I think that's such a good example is there are, you know, there's a season. Sometimes we have busy seasons and the same thing with kids. Sometimes they just need a little bit of a break, but they get back into it. And, you know, finding that book to get the kids back into it, it, it could be anything.
1: <laughs> exactly. And sometimes you just have to admit you're not going to finish that right. book and put it down to look
0: for the next exactly. one. Super hard I for know. me, but the older I get, I know, right? the older I <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, this was such a wonderful conversation. I can't thank you enough for sharing all about the ALA and your own experiences with us. Thank you so much, Lessa. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Wow, that was so great. I can't get over how many resources Lessa shared with us. So I hope that you learned a little bit about the American Library Association. I know I did and their upcoming conference. And I hope that Lessa shared something that makes you think differently about libraries and how they can support kids. I just love the idea how they can provide a different space for kids when they might be a little reluctant to read. So I'll be back in two weeks, but until then, you can find me on Instagram at The Literacy Teachers Life, or you can check out my blog at TheLiteracyTeachersLife.com. And if you do stop by either my website or Instagram page, let me know what children's books or other books and authors are you enjoying right now. So until next time. And that's it for this episode of The Literacy Teachers Life. Get in touch! I'm on Instagram at the Literacy Teachers Life. My email address is Elizabeth at the literacy teachers life.com Thank you so much for listening. Please tell a friend about this podcast. And of course, you can leave me a review on any podcast platform where you listen. I so appreciate it. I'll see you next time.